we finished our conversation in contracts last week talking about the obligation in good faith. And this episode is continuing on to that discussion of the obligation in good faith. And we have two cases to illustrate the principles that we want to talk about. The first case is Locke versus Warner Bros. And the second case is Guy Sim versus Securities, Securitas, Security Services, USA Inc. This first case, though, is really a continuation and really a an alternative example of the case that we had finished off last week, which was more in Building Products Co. versus based on Construction Co. And this was when they were doing the GM siding, and it was whether or not it was aesthetic or commercial use, things like that. Locke versus Warner Bros. is the same kind of principle, but this time, instead of talking about the commercial side, we're talking about the aesthetic side of things. So Locke had to deal with Warner Bros., and the whole point of this deal was so that they would hear her film proposals. But Warner Bros. had the opportunity to reject any of those proposals. Well, Warner Bros. did reject all of those proposals. And Locke says that this was done with bad faith because of a deal that Warner Bros. had with... I can't remember the actor's name. Locke and the actor had a thing. And uh, ultimately, Warner Bros. rejected a lot of her proposals. I think it was Clint Eastwood. We'll go with that. A lot of these proposals were rejected because of this relationship that Warner Bros. had with Eastwood. So ultimately what is challenged here is this rule that we have that for creative works, the person receiving the work can be dissatisfied measured subjectively. Now the question in this case then becomes if was that dissatisfaction Uh, Did that dissatisfaction come because of bad faith? And if that's the case, well, then uh, this is no longer true where you can be dissatisfied. And if that's the case, you have to uphold the contract or at least uphold provisions saying, I will do this, this, and this. What we learned in this case is that dissatisfaction, we did ultimately learn in this case the takeaway, the holding, whatever, uh, was that the parties could be dissatisfied and were dissatisfied, but because it was done out of bad faith, then Locke is obligated to resolving this, to having a resolution in her favor. There are ways that Warner could have gotten around this subjective, but without bad faith. They could have added a provision saying that they could reject any provision, sorry, any proposal for any reason at all. Or they could have also said, here are the things that we're going to do Uh, And these things mean that we worked and acted in good faith. So you can either say, we're allowed to act however we want, or here are the things that define good behavior, good faith. So that's really our takeaway from that case. Uh, Geisen, our takeaway from this case, so this was an at-will agreement. And an at-will agreement is just a contract where either party can terminate the agreement for either good or no reason at all. But at-will contracts can't be terminated for bad faith. And so ultimately, that's really where this case came down was, was his contract terminated due to bad faith? Or was it good faith or no faith at all? And the way that you can prove that, like for example, in the present case, you can show that bad faith actually happened when uh, the commission, so to speak, was about to be paid and the termination happened just before the person was actually paid and so that way the company is trying to save the money. That's a good way of showing bad faith. Another way of doing that is if you find some emails that say, 
we're going to do this, ha, 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 and this is going to be the way that we want to do it. And that's another way of showing bad faith. So that really finishes up our discussion on the obligation of good faith. Ultimately, our UCC statutes for this is going to be Section 1201B20. And that's our real big definition. And then there's a couple of other proposals that go into that as well, uh, talking about the Restatement 228. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Law Schoolers. Before I let you go, there are four things I want to say. The first thing is if you enjoyed these episodes and if you enjoyed the website, I would invite you to go and join Law Schoolers Pro. And you can do that by going to lawschoolers.com slash join. It's a way for you to support us, but there's also a lot of features there that I think you will enjoy. Second thing is that nearly all of our episodes are unedited. The only ones that aren't are pre-law materials. And the reason for that is so you can actually see the legal material in its raw form as I'm learning it as well. The third thing is that the information contained in these episodes are specifically only for educational purposes. They're not to be used as legal advice. And with that, the fourth thing is if it is used as legal advice, we are not liable. That is, law schoolers is not liable for any legal outcomes. Thank you again for enjoying the show. Have a good one.